Well, I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. So be the first in the know about new episodes, get mom hacks, and more each week by subscribing to the Monday Mammologist. Head over to mahoganymammology.com to get your free newsletter. And now, on to the show. Hey, now. All right. So, childhood obesity has been on the rise over the last five years. Um, In the Black population in the the U.S., it's climbed to 22% versus 25.8% in the Latino community. Both percentages are far higher than the white population, which comes in at 14.1% obese rates. And I've gotten all of these stats from the CDC. And according to the CDC, obesity prevalence map, 12 states have an adult rate at or above 35%, which actually is nine states more than 2018. Now, as we know, our forever floatus, Michelle Obama's um, initiative, Let's Move, was a program to really try to combat childhood obesity. But of course, you know, that wasn't very well received, or I think a lot of people felt indifferent about that. Maybe we can talk about that some more, despite its success, you know. So while we know the positive effects of having a balanced, healthy lifestyle, why is it challenging to implement, especially in our community? So we'll be discussing that and some more with our guest mammologist and mother of two, Vanessa Rossetto. Welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem. So just to give a quick background of uh, Vanessa, Vanessa received her MS in marketing at NYU and completed her dietetic internship at Mount Sinai Hospital, where she worked as a senior dietitian for five years. She's a certified adult weight management um, by the American, excuse me, by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Um, her work is in private practice, uh, that which includes GI disorders, bariatric surgery, weight management, PCOS. We've heard about those words before in the past on other episodes. Um, family, you know, it, nutrition. Um, and she's really mostly interested in helping her clients take an active role in their health journey. As you heard, she is a mom of two. She lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. And she's also the founder, and we'll get into this, of Kulina Health. Um, and she's also been named by Essence Magazine as one of the top five Black nutritionists. Yes, y'all, I said Black nutritionists. Um, that will change the way you think about food. Welcome again to our show. Thank you. Thank welcome, you. welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, going, we're just going to deep dive and please correct me because I'm all about, you know, making sure I have right stats and it makes sense. So just to start off, the one thing that came to mind when I was doing my research is that there's a difference between the dietitian and the nutritionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, there is. There yes. is. You want to no. talk about that? Yeah, oh, I'll leave it in. Uh, listen, 
first of all, this is the bane of my existence because I'm out here competing with Gwyneth Paltrow and Chrissy Teigen and they over here talking about nutrition. Like you have an Oscars, go home, sit down. Don't, you don't know anything. So first and foremost is that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics does not protect the license of the dietitian. And so anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. That's number one. So that's when, and then when people come to me and they're like, did you get a certificate? I'm like, no, I didn't get a certificate. I did 14 classes. So I have a master's in marketing. I went back to school to NYU. I did 14 extra classes. I then got into a dietetic internship. By the way, there is 50% match to become a registered dietitian. So 50% of the people that apply to become a dietitian never become one because it's very difficult to get in. That's okay? also med school. Thank you. Then I have to do, I did six months of coursework. Then I did 900 hours in a hospital. And then I did another 300 hours in community setting. And then I sat for an exam and then I received a license and I can bill insurance. So when you go see a nutritionist, nutritionists can't bill insurance. They're going to charge you an arm and a leg and they have no clinical or science training or education. And I'm going to give you an example. I have a client. Her name is Allie. She wanted to lose weight. She was doing noon. So she was getting nutritionist health coaches giving her help. Mm -hmm. Allie was restricting her calories. Allie couldn't lose a pound. Allie came to me. I ordered her disorder, a little disordered eating because, you know, she was really restricting. And then I said, you have insulin resistance. You need to go to the doctor. So she went to the doctor, still eating the way that I prescribed. He was like, you have insulin resistance, you need medication. And now my girl is down 25 pounds. Nice. Okay. No, nutri- <laughs> no nutritionist will tell you that. Mel is leaning that. in. They don't know that. I don't know that. They don't know that. So that's problem number one. You have all these people out here in this space talking to you like they know. And also Instagram, the internet is a wonderful slash dangerous place. Let me tell you, J-Lo, I want to be J-Lo. J-Lo is like, when I'm 52, I'm trying to look like J-Lo. But guess what? I don't have J-Lo money. That so, hurt. You know what I mean? You don't have J-Lo money. But when you see J-Lo looking so thin, her face is beautiful. It's not just olive oil, but it's okay. I, I don't, you know, her doctor signed an MDA, so here we are. But you're never going to be J-Lo. But J-Lo has a responsibility to the world at large to tell the truth. Just like in our community, all of these celebrities have a responsibility to tell the truth. So I love Queen B, but when Queen B was doing her Coachella tour, drinking lemon juice and eating only fruits, and then every black person that came to see me was like, I'm only eating fruit. I was like, this is not sustainable. Uh, right but then you also and i'm like people don't do that further research especially beyonce's i think when she did that coachella i think she said i will never ever do that again right because she was like fresh off a baby too right two babies yes and like that that pressure there's all this pressure but this is this person's job but also they have they have staff. They have people. They have somebody to cook the food for them. They have somebody to take care of their kids. They have someone to tell them to go take a nap. They have someone to give them an energy drink. They have all of these people. You don't have those people. So stop it. But seek help from people who are knowledgeable. But also on the other side of that is Black people have been mistreated by the knowledgeable people for many, many years. So who do we trust? <laughs> right? Well, so we, 
how, how do we, how, how, how do you find someone to trust? Like, what's the, what are questions that you feel like people are not asking? I think that actually it's, first of all, it's a, it's the idea that a physician knows best. In my internship, I had a physician say, I'm just practicing medicine. I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, I'm just practicing medicine. I have a lot of knowledge. I have worked with many patients. So I'm going to go to the first line of defense that I know works most of the time. And that doesn't work. I'll go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But I am not God. I am not infallible. I take that with me everywhere I go. I'm, I'm just in a practice. I'm doing the best that I can. And every time I practice, I get better. My job is to do the best that I can for my patients. And, and the other thing too, is that health and wellness seems very rich, very distant, very elite, very thin and very white. And it doesn't feel like it's for us. And, and I, I've had people say, well, that's white people food. And I'm like, well, why, why is that white people food? Black people eat vegetables. Black people eat fruit. What are you talking about? Right. And so we have to be having this conversation. I never tell anybody they can't eat anything. You have 35 chances a week to eat well, do it 32 times. You should be able to achieve your goals. So that means that you could eat pretty much the things that you like and still make sure that you have a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. But also we have this narrative out here that like you should eat and drink whatever you want, whenever you want, and then you'll be at your beautiful and ideal weight. So for how many years did white women tell us to restrict and now they're telling us to eat whatever we want and now, and we're going to listen to that too. That's just still diet culture and it's bullshit. There's a strategy and there's something in the middle and you just need an education. So you can eat rice and beans every day. I eat rice and beans every day. I don't know. I mean, like rice is like my, like my mom would make like lasagna, but there was always like rice on the, on the stove. Could you say you're Haitian, correct? And I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, there's always, you know, like we've been talking about this and there's rice. Like rice is like, if you don't want to eat what they made, you can have rice. <laughs> rice is there. So that's part of my life. Right. But like, what is the serving size of the rice? Like in, in Haiti, my parents were never overweight because they didn't have processed food. So they ate rice, multiple meals, but the foods weren't processed. When you have this introduction now into the United States where everything is over processed and you're eating your cultural foods with the addition this is where the problem comes. But people don't, un but they don't understand, right? They don't understand. And like, yes, why, why do Caribbean people fill their plate with rice? Well, I mean, if you're from a third world country and rice is the cheapest and most accessible thing, well, that's the thing I'm going to fill myself up with because chicken is very expensive and I can't eat that every day. And not only that, but you have to think historically, I'm like, we needed these carb heavy to do the work. To do the work. Yeah. You know, just like in America, they say, you know, that's why we don't we don't need to be eating, you know, chitlins and all and hog mogs and all that. But I'm like, it's, it's historically served a purpose. It was dense. It was heavy so that because the next time you was going to eat literally was sundown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now you could say, yes, we know better to do better. But sometimes I feel, you know, there's some things that just still stay with us. 
Well, it's cultural. Food is where we connect. Food is, where's the epicenter of the home? The kitchen. Everybody comes around. They're in the kitchen. People come over. They eat. Like, I mean, we eat. I don't know. Like, you know, when you go to like other people's houses and they bring alcohol, when you come to our houses, we bring food. So this is how we do it, right? We're eating. Just like eating. So it's okay. It's just like, let's change the narrative around it. Mm -hmm. Right? And like, so this childhood obesity thing is you know, you have to give your kids fruits and vegetables. If they never have fruits and vegetables, they're not going to have a taste for it and they're never going to want it. But it doesn't have to be this forced thing. The other thing too, is that our perception of what children need is very skewed. So, you know, a three-year-old only needs three tablespoons of food per sitting. So it's totally okay for a three-year-old to just be snacking because their stomachs are small. So that's the thing. But we're so conditioned that like, you have to eat, you have to eat, you have to eat. It's like, no, they don't. Right. And so everybody is like overriding their ability to understand when they're full. Mm. And it's like, and so it's, it's not about the kid. It's about you. And it's about offering the food. So yesterday was the first day of school. And I have these like bento boxes. My kids are seven and nine. And I put these silicone cups in the bento box. And I have all of the components of the meal that I want them to have, which is my kids only like carrots or Rocco only likes carrots, Katie, other things, but to be fair. So you have to have the carrots. You have to have a fruit. I give a yogurt as like, you know, their little, their dairy, whatever. They don't really have dairy, but the yogurt. Then I give Rocco wanted uh, cheese and crackers and pepperoni and Kate wanted a sandwich. And then I gave a few chocolate covered pretzels and chocolate chips and they ate the whole thing. And they're all individual, these little portions. So it was like this well-balanced meal that they ate the whole thing. Nope. I don't know. They're not, they didn't overeat and everybody moved on their way. They didn't come home crying about being hungry because everything was nutrient dense. What do you think? So that brings me to another question then. Obviously, there's a psychological component, right, to healthy eating. So why is eating healthy, why is that such a hard cycle to break psychologically? Well, I think that means it means different things to different people, right? So maybe your parents never let you have sweets in the house. So every time you were sad, you would go find some way to get a sweet and feel better. And so like, that's the psycho- that's psychology around that, right? Maybe also eating junk food, right? Like a lot of times releases these endorphins in the brain makes you, it mimics different feelings. So you just like associate that. And then you create these pathways where you're constantly looking for that to make yourself feel better. So we need to change food, just like alcohol. Like we're, that's not what's going to help us feel better. Right. So if you're looking to food to help you feel full inside emotionally, then we have a problem and we have to address those problems. So would you recommend, um, with your clients, do you recommend like therapy in addition to? Yeah. I I call people out. So it's really funny. People will come and they'll be like, 
I heard you on a podcast, you know, the call the office manager. I heard Vanessa on a podcast and she, it really resonated with me. And they like give like all this like emotional stuff. And the office manager is like, you sure you heard Vanessa? Because Vanessa is like going to show you the mirror. So I had somebody who her whole life, her family told her that she was fat and they restricted food from her. And now she's very overweight and she is, she constantly wants to just eat like the cookies and and like it's not just like oh i just went and like i want i got a cookie or like two cookies like it's like i'm gonna buy a whole tiramisu cake and eat it in one sitting and i'm like you realize that that's retaliation from the fact that your family always told you how you weren't good enough and they restricted the food from you and now you're very successful and you're you're the driver in all the relationships and so this is the way for you to tell them to go f themselves and she's like uh i'm like we need to talk to somebody about that talk to somebody about that you need to deal with that that's trauma it's very traumatic the way you talk to children affects them forever so if you're constantly talking about food about the way that they look in my house we're not allowed to talk about the way people look you need to use other descriptors you're not allowed to say the black boy over there the white girl over there this girl looks this you're not allowed to say those things so tell me about your friend jack he's not not that he's black tell me something else about him so, and my kids are really sticklers about it. We're like, we are watching the Grammys and I'm like, this Cardi be looking crazy. And my daughter's like, ma, we do not comment on the way people look. I was like, oh. but she looked crazy. But those are the things, right? Yeah. So you, you have to really be careful. And this is part of the problem for kids, right? Okay. They are what can they control they can control what they eat right that's all yeah. they can control unless you're a monster you're not shoving food down their throat so the kid controls the food and the more you make a big deal about it the more attention they have around that maybe they like that also maybe that's how they soothe themselves so there's all of these things around there and what we're really supposed to do is they call the division of responsibility with kids we're supposed to offer the food that they identify as safe and also the food that we want them to try and we present that food and we ask them to eat it if they don't eat it they don't eat it we walk away and that's it we have designated snack times where and some people will disagree with me but i don't care i i have two children and i think that you have to give them the vegetables or they won't eat it because they just won't right nobody nobody yeah. wants to eat nobody wants to eat cucumbers i don't want to eat cucumbers i just eat them because i know i'm supposed to they're good for you so like so that's the thing and also kids kids palate is bitter so that's the other thing a kid tastes things differently than you taste them so it is going to be harder for them so sometimes we give snack time at 11 and it's chips and sometimes we give snack time at 11 and it's cucumbers mm. the luck of the draw today girl that's where i am right now but that's a whole nother story <laughs> with the kids but you know what i didn't see i just learned something i did not know that our taste buds are different you know yeah they're different yeah that so, makes sense. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. So what do you tell like these schools that are providing lunches for kids? Girl. In, okay. Girl. You know, the school that I pay for my kids to go to has the worst school lunch program in on the entire planet. And I have told the principal 5,000 times that I will have my dietetic interns because I'm the director of the dietetic internship at New York University. I have excellent students. I will have my students make this project and revamp your entire lunch program, give you a better menu. And no, it doesn't have to be organic and lessen the price. And she's like, I don't know. Push back. 
What did I just say in, in my intro? I just mentioned Michelle Obama, right? I don't understand yeah. because you're obviously it's it's I, I'm not sure if it people will use the excuse that, you know, you're you're constricting my freedom to choose. I'm like, no one is not telling you to not eat whatever the hell you want to, but give me an option right. of more so. And and I think that also speaks to, so you mentioned your kid's school, but like, what about areas that have food deserts, schools that have food deserts? That's right. That this is what, this is what I'm trying to say to people. Like I pay for my kids to go to a school and can't get a decent lunch. So what is happening to your point to these places where people don't have access so it's not a money thing is what you're saying. No it's not a money thing. No, it's not a money thing. No, it's not a money thing. I mean, at my kid's school, they sell fruit snacks and which is like, okay, whatever, I, I'll get over it. They, they sell juice. I'm like, this is a public health crisis. You should be arrested principal for this. You should not be serving children juice. I do not care what anybody says. It's going to rot your teeth. It raises your blood sugar. My kids mainline juice at birthday parties because I don't have it in the house. (laughs) So they go to birthday parties and they're like sucking down the juice boxes. And the moms are always like, your kid did not have cake or pizza, just juice. I'm like, I know we don't have it at home. So like, let them be. I don't care. (laughs) Like, it's okay. But like, you're not getting it in my house. The fact that it's for sale at the school is totally mental. And what's so crazy is that Obviously, the school lunch program doesn't do well at my kid's school because they've raised the price to $8. And so I'm looking at the menu, and one of the menus is a hot dog, $8. So I messaged the principal. I'm like, you do know that the Shake Shack in town sells a hot dog for $3.99, right? So like or like one slice of pizza is $8. A thing of rice and beans is $8, right? Use your brain. And this is the same thing. It's like... Who does? Why don't people care about our kids? Why aren't we trying to give them nutritious food? It doesn't all have to be organic. We can do things to give people <coughs> better access to more nutritious food. What does that mean? Fresh fruits and vegetables. We can also give frozen vegetables. They are they ripen and then they're flash frozen. They're minimally processed. We can tell you how to cook those things. You know, like give people waters, give people berries, just use the seasonal things. Like it doesn't, it's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. We could do this if we just had less politicking and more people committed to the cause. Right. The idea to me, it's like the idea sounds grand, but once it gets like filtered down to the regular people, it's like, you know, your idea of fruit and vegetable is, is, fruit gummies <laughs> you know and it's yeah. you know it's but when you charge eight dollars like for a school lunch obviously you're i can't even say you're using that for the food that's like overhead right you might be paying a little bit of your you know you're right. paying the employees you're paying for the the transportation to get there or whatever no that's yeah. mainly profit that sounds like a whole profit margin yeah, I think- if the shake shack is charging Three ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. For, but so you're bringing and you still have the whole three ninety nine. It's still going to be your people or pro- like the employees. Right. Think about. I look, at, I look at that's the school trying to make a profit line. Correct. Not that's it, right. oh, I was gonna say. I think like as far as pan like as far as pandemic and my kiddo's school like that that food had to be brought in. You know, like deliver far. I mean, yeah. and it makes sense. Like Shake Shack obviously has trucks that bring in their food too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know just, what I'm saying. They just don't care. But, 
but that's a really good point though is like there is this huge discrepancy if you look at certain schools that where you used to have like right now my son's school there you don't pay it's like now it's free i don't know they got some waiver or something so which still concerns which makes me go oh wait what are they serving i'm horrible i'm i yeah i didn't I didn't look because I was like I ain't gotta pay, uh, <laughs> and I don't but, and I don't have to make the lunch. Yeah, but now I feel like now now you just made me feel all bad. Now no, I, I need to no, but, you know rethink like, my whole lunch situation. No, but it's like the principle, right? Like I I do not have time to make lunch for my children, but I refuse. First of all, to pay eight dollars per kid for lunch is mental. That's just mental. No, absolutely not. And second of all, you're offering crap, so I'm not paying for it. Like, can you offer my kid? some lettuce can you offer them a fruit whatever seasonal fruit can you offer them a yogurt can you offer them some variety like but you're offering not nutritious food like and i'm not asking for organic i'm asking for you to take a little bit of time and figure this out so that my kids can have food that i feel good about them eating what can you do if you're a parent like in like public school systems you know what can what do you what what do you think yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like in New York City, right? We what do we do? Like six million school lunches a day, and like no one gets sick, right? That's like mm-hmm. the thing. It's very like consistent. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like really buttoned up. Um, they do have a lot of extra things that they're doing in in the New York City school system, and also a lot of kids are eating free food, and and a lot of kids need that, and that's really important, right? We need to give people access. So that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. It's about, like, it's the elitism around the food. So, like, I did a campaign for YoPlay, and people were like, I can't believe we're doing a campaign for YoPlay. And I'm like, first of all, when we were kids, yo, YoPlay was the only yogurt on the market, so it's taking that. Okay. What, I, I never knew another you'll play number two people who eat like siggies that you have to have a very refined palate for that not refined but just like uh i don't know like experienced palate right because you that's a very tart kind of flavor that's not for everybody number three if you're in a food desert and all you have is access to a bodega that has you play and orange soda and snickers and you give your kid you play for breakfast that's good there's protein, there's, there's protein in there, right? There's fat. It's keep your kid full, keep your kid's mind focused. Yeah, there's sugar in there, but there's sugar everywhere. So like everybody take it easy. And that maybe is going to normalize you trying a Siggy's later on. Hmm. People don't think in that way. So I think like kid parents in places that don't have a lot of access or don't have a lot of money. You don't have to have organic. That doesn't mean anything. You a lot of farmers markets now will take like snap and wick and, you know, different things. So you, so if that's an issue for you, go to the farmers markets, they can, they can help you. So you can get seasonal fresh fruits and vegetables and just think about exposing your kids to different things. Hmm. It's okay. If they don't like it, just keep trying. Yeah. But, but there are ways you also, let me tell you something about these companies, these big companies, just write them. Be like, my kid goes to this school and they don't have anything. And I want, I, I want my school to have X, Y, and Z. Those companies will ship you things in droves. Look at the, wait, look at the wait, knowledge. Go, look go at ahead. the knowledge. You Girl, we can't, we can't let them rewind that. Go ahead and say that one more game. Listen to me. All of these food companies want to help. They want, and they have product, they have consumer packaged goods, right? So yeah. if you 
So for example, I have a really great partnership with Banza Pasta. Anytime I want a client to try something, I'll just be like, hey, can you send my friend Tosh Gordon every, everything new that you have on the market? Yep. But ship a box right out. I had a patient who had um, breast cancer, really ridiculous, like 29 years old, and she had breast cancer. It was like so crazy. And thankfully, she is in remission and everything went really well. But we just like weren't sure about her food intake and like what, like how she was going to feel. So I reached out to Daily Harvest, which is like a partner of mine that I work with a lot. And I was like, can you send this client some of your smoothies and your bowls and your soup? Because like everything can be frozen. And, you know, if she's feeling up to it, she can have those things. They shipped her the box. They didn't ask me any questions except for her address. So if you are a parent in a school district where you feel like they give your kid mac and cheese every single every single week and you wish that it was healthier, okay, call Banza Pasta, email Banza Pasta and be like, can you send my kid school, you know, chickpea pasta? They will do it. They will do it. I'm glad you sh- you you provided that little bit of knowledge because yes. like, as I always say, you don't know what you don't know what you don't right. know. And you don't know unless you ask. And most of the time, if you ask and you say, please, people give it to you. Look at that. Look at that. Moms listening. Y'all better out My be brain out just starting a movement. Yeah, just an email. Also, like, you don't need to be like elaborate with all the food. I mean, your kids are really only half people. If they're little kids like I have, they only ha- they half meal. So I got two kids. That's one meal, not not two meals. Okay, you see, we don't eat that much. So plan out your meal for the week. Think about it like that. Okay, maybe you are people that on Fridays you want to go out for fast food, whatever you want to have. Okay, then what is something that you could make that'll last you two or three meals? You can buy a rotisserie chicken for five dollars and get us, you know, just sliced vegetable. You don't have to make roasted broccoli, roasted, you know what we do? I make the kids, we wash the vegetables, we slice them up, carrots, celery, tomatoes, cucumbers. We put them in a container, we put them in the refrigerator. Is there time? Go go find a vegetable in the refrigerator and put it next to your plate. So they could just take two little carrot sticks and put it next, on their plate, that's enough. And your rotisserie chicken that you bought for $6 at ShopRite, cut that up. Give them and then give them fruit on the side for their sweetness. And then whatever, maybe later give them a cookie. Who cares? That's a balanced meal. It probably cost you like seven bucks. What, the meal plan. Yeah. Look at me. It's the meal plan. It's the meal plan. <laughs> you, you killed you kill Tosh with the meal plan. She's, she's okay. down for the count. Um, okay. <laughs> My meal planning. The meal planning thing is this, is that I always have things in the house that can make meals. This is this is from my Haitian mother. Because you know you'd be looking in your fridge and you're like, I don't have any food. And my There's nothing in the-, the fridge, but yet they they whipped up a four course meal. I'm like, yo, all I saw was flour, cheese, <laughs> and some rotten onions. And you're and oh no. I, I took a lime the other day. I was like, this lime is dead. I went to throw it out. I was like, this is what's wrong with you American people. You can save that lime. So she put it in the freezer. Then she came back. She comes back to my house. She now she's at the house today because the kids had school. She always comes on the first day. She said, oh, where's that lime? You didn't throw it out, right? I was like, no. She takes it out. She puts it in the microwave. You don't know this girl. This got three tablespoons of lime juice out of this thing. I was like, wow. Wait, she put that in the microwave? Uh-huh. <laughs> for 30 seconds, rolled it out, cut it in half, and squeezed the juice. I don't know. That's some it's like a Haitian trick. I have no that's a, that's idea. A, that's 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 using or remembering your childhood and using what you got. Yeah, using what you got. <laughs> well, and so many people don't really bring that 
forward though you know what i mean like people are not are not bringing their roots forward to use those techniques we my mother's like do not forget so that's the thing you don't have to you don't have to have all these ingredients for all this food you need to have things that you know you could whip something up so you get I have a bag of frozen berries. I like Wyman's frozen berries. I buy them. It's like mixed fruit. Buy them at ShopRite, this big Mm -hmm. bag. So then, and I have yogurt. I have plain yogurt, almond milk. I have the vegetables, like I told you, that I cut up in the beginning of the week. I buy the fruits that are in season that the kids like. Okay, great. Then we always make tacos on Tuesdays. So I always have the stuff for the turkey tacos. Like, great. I make Mm -hmm. that on Tuesday. I always, I'll either roast my own chicken or I'll I'll just buy rotisserie chicken. You do that. I always have stuff for salad and I always have like spinach that I could cook on the pan. I always have eggs. I could make a lot of stuff right now from what I just said. And it's not anything crazy. I always have rice. I always have rice and beans. I always have pasta. I could, I'll cook that up. Take me two seconds. I like that you kind of have just a very realistic approach to eating healthy. Like, um, is that how you typically approach your clients? Yeah, it doesn't have to be this big, elaborate thing. Just get a vegetable at lunch and dinner, eat one serving of fruit a day, eat breakfast, lunch and dinner, stop freaking starving yourselves. And just like find the things that you like and just eat them. It's not gonna be perfect every time. And it's okay, it's okay for you to order out. Sometimes I'm on my game and I'm making food every single night. And sometimes I have ordered out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yes. Yes, that, that has Do you happened. handle like cutting out the salt and eating healthy, ordering, you know, um, out and stuff? Yeah. Mm. So the thing is, is that like for the most part, I do eat a lot of food at home. So when I do order out, I don't really care because I eat mm. most of my food at home. But if you are ordering out a lot, you have to really look at it and think about it, right? Like if you're ordering Chinese all the time, like there is a lot of sodium in a lot of those dishes. So you have to pay attention to that, right? It's not, I'm not vilifying. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with, with that, but a lot of times there's a lot of salt, a lot of sodium in what I'm eating there. A lot of, actually there's a lot of sodium when I'm eating out in general, sodium and fat, because that's how they're going to make you want to come back and eat their food. So you've got to figure out like, what can I say to this, to wherever I'm ordering from so that I can minimize that. But you know, so in essence, food. you know, as a mom, you you know, you buy fast food to help offset the time, you know, that you need. So in essence, it's kind of like, I wish we did have more healthy fast food, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. So I think that, you know, on Fridays, we always have pizza. So we get pizza, but I'll make a salad. Like you guys got to eat this, these vegetables before you like and eat your pizza at school. Um, the nanny will take them for McDonald's and they'll one time I took him for Donaldson, I was like, I got them the grilled chicken. My husband's like, you a mess. He took it back. And went back in. It's like, it. like, no. Stop it. Grilled chicken at McDonald's does not sound right. It doesn't sound like, like it needs to be yeah. the same sentence. He was like, enough. Stop being so weird. Enough with this. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, you know, there's there's this place um in Hoboken that on Tuesdays the kids eat free. So that you know, they'll get like burger sliders and they'll, you know, they'll have, have fries and like their vegetables i don't know what's so bad about this this is like yeah it's gonna be a little bit salty like yeah it's a it's a burger but i mean there's protein there's vegetable there's carb they're happy move on and also i'm I'm also thinking it's not so much the selection because i mean if we just have that embedded in our mind okay carb vegetable protein that's mm-hmm. fine i think what also yeah. gets me i'm only speaking for me 
<laughs> is the serving size. That's right. That's right. So you don't need two cups of French fries, a burger with a bun, you know what I mean? Like, and then dessert. Okay, that's that's a lot. Not only that, though, it, it it's as of recent, when I say recent, within the last five years or so, where I realized if when you're going out, right, you go out to eat, I'm like, when you order stuff and they bring it to you, essentially, like, I'm at a point in my life, if you give me whatever I order, I can probably eat that for three days. Exactly. So, like, you've given me so much to, and the have the expectation God. that I'm going to sit down and eat all of that, right. you know, as opposed to, you know, as they say way back when, if you're going to order out, like, order order it, but tell them to bring half to the table. Yeah. 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 Well, I, that's what I tell people. I'm like, you don't need appetizers. You you don't need appetizers. You don't need a bread. If you want to have alcohol, then don't have dessert, vice versa. Just just order a main meal. And probably you could split it with somebody. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It's just my entree alone. Yeah. I can I can eat for three days. Yeah. So imagine, you know, I'm going out, eating is social, eating is cultural. So you're gonna eat, you're gonna drink, you know what I'm saying? Just to sit. Yeah. So now literally in one sitting, I've, I've legit consumed like 4,000 calories. I'm okay. like, I'm not even, and I'm not exaggerating either. That, but, that, but then, then you have people who do that multiple times a week. Now they're, they're eating out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Now there's nothing, I'm not going to vilify anybody who goes to eat out. So okay. essentially what you're just saying is just choose wisely. Yeah, just be aware. It's, it's not even that. It's just be aware. Don't be surprised if you have if you have issues or you, you know you're kind of at a standstill, whatever. Because that's what happens when you're constantly eating out. Because we can't control what people are putting in the food, right? So eat, and so you have to make these choices, right? Let's say you do like to eat. I, listen, I helped somebody once lose hundred pounds. She ate every single meal out, but we made really specific choices. Girl, I'm, we gonna DM after this. She, oh. ate, she ate every meal out, so there's no problem. There's no problem with that. But it's the problem that you want to eat every single meal out, and you don't make any adjustment. You have to have compromise. This world of eating and drinking whatever you want and looking like these people on Instagram that are two pounds is a bullshit world. It doesn't actually exist. It's fake. Those people are liars. I know them personally. They don't eat the cookie. They don't eat the box of macaroni and cheese. They overexercise, and they're selling you a bill of goods. Do not believe them. And listen, I'm not saying that you can't eat out, and I'm not saying you can't enjoy your life. I'm just saying, if, that, if this was true, then we would all we would all be doing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. well, and then also we we also live in a country of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. So it's like you yeah. know we, we jokey joke like yo I did I did you know 15 reps, girl I should be size zero now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I say that in all joking, but I'm like, yes. So instant gratification means, you know, your tummy tease. Instant gratification is, you know, 
whatever it, it can be. Yeah. It's your tummy tease. It's your like, I don't want to, I don't want to cook anything, but I need you to make me, help me lose 10 pounds. And they're like, okay, well, if you want to eat out, let's go through the places that you eat out and let's modify your favorite thing so that you can, it, I, I don't want to do that. I just want to eat whatever I want. It's like, well, girl, I'm not a magician. Like, so you're going to have to go somewhere else. Bye. And then also I feel like as a mom, like, okay, I, I, I need something healthy that is of like two ingredients. <laughs> like don't act, yeah. don't have me out here sauteing and you know marinating and putting it on low for 30 minutes i ain't got time for that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so is it realistic to cook meals in 30 minutes uh yeah you can cook meals in 30 minutes you can you have to just like do a little bit of research and like find the recipes that you like um but yeah you can mm -hmm. uh, like the crock pot can be your friend especially like in the winter time you, I've roasted whole chickens in a crock pot on a dry rub. Come out delicious. <laughs> Honestly, like what well, you know, Talking you know, you know, props. you know, <laughs> she's you know, swaying. She's like, I won't do it. You know, you stop. <laughs> I will. You know, when you are watching television and you're like looking at your phone on Instagram, I just look at recipes and I look at how I could modify that and make them quick. And I find the ones I find the ones that I think I can do. Like, oh, I'll do one or two recipes, and then I go do them. What I also I try to try to do is like things that I I love eating. Again, as a child of the Caribbean, we we have a lot of dense, heavy sauces and meats and stuff like that. And so it's like, I'm, all right, a big thing I love, you know, rice and peas with oxtail. Okay, I'm like, okay, what can I use as an alternative? Can I use quinoa and peas? No, why would you do that? Why would, girl, no, stop it. Why, the thing is, is that you would have, you have to switch, right? So it's a half a cup of the rice and peas. And then I would do six to seven ounces of the oxtail. And then I would have a vegetable. Okay. No. <laughs> I, that's the way I try to look at no. it. It's like, uh -uh. She said not want in peace. Like, I'm like, you know. get that done. He was really trying no. to. Ooh, no. The ancestors rolled over on that one. Yeah, yeah. they sure did. They said. People, they're like, they're like, I make black bean brownies. I'm like, don't bring them over here. I don't want to eat. Yeah, what, what is this? Gross. That's, I don't know. That's I, I, raisins I in the potato salad. It's weird. Ooh, no, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, don't come with me to that mess. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. Vanessa, yeah. Vanessa, tell us about uh, Kalina Health. Like, what, what is that? Like, it's what a, in the world? So we're registered dietitians. We provide one-to-one -one nutrition counseling via mm -hmm. a HIPAA telecompliant platform. We take insurance. 91% of our patients, we use their, use their benefits. Um, and we are really great. Like, the staff is wonderful, amazing, culturally competent. Um we are actually pitching to investors now so that we can like, we'll have an app and we'll be able to hopefully, hopefully be able to reach like the masses, which feels really good. Cause you know what, what yeah. we do is we want to help everyone. So like today I had a patient, he's on Medicare, but he, he's all kinds of messed up. And I was like, okay, just like put him with one of the girls. I don't, I don't care. Put him with this person. She's the one to help him. It's going to be fine. And apparently the man like started crying because he was just like so grateful. And we were like, yeah, dude, we, we don't want you to get cancer and die. So like, I'll, I'll take one for the team and still pay my, pay my employee. If I know that you'll live good. Mm -hmm. That's what that's about. 
So wait, so dispel this myth. So it's really affordable. Like having a dietitian is affordable. Yeah, your your insurance will pay for it. You probably just have to pay a copay. I don't know what the nuances are of your plan, but like we're not monsters. If if you have to supplement with a uh, with a package, like I usually give my if if you refer if you if you if your plan doesn't pay. And they say mammalogy, I'll make sure that our office manager gives 20% oh. off. Oh my gosh. Girl, I wasn't look at ready me. for that. I wasn't even ready for all I that. I wasn't like, ready for that just, either. I'm just, just listening to the fact that it's affordable. Like, again, well, is, yeah. I felt like the whole, like, you know, it, it feels like a white, I, I know. Some yeah, it feels like, that's what she said. It's like, it's like a, Dietitians like a white thing, like you that's know, right. like we. That's right. Uh, that's right. Black people don't get dietitians. Right. On that right. note, well, how, what do you yeah. know? Like, uh, if is it black dietitians? Is it a small percentage? Only two point seven percent. Shut your mouth. Yeah, she, she said that like nothing. <laughs> Listen, when you know, you know. <laughs> you didn't. I I did. Um, I I wrote an article in Bon Appetit. I'm the only black. I'm the only dietitian to ever be featured at Bon Appetit, and I and so. Right. That hit, yeah. that hit a lot. It hit a lot of the, the people, the white people hard because I gave the stats. Even the academy reached out to me and said that my the article was very triggering for them. And I was like, but why? These are your stats. I use right. your stats back to you. You don't do enough to diversify the field. You don't do enough. And so and the problem then is that when there's only two point seven percent of us, like literally twenty five hundred of us in the state, in the state of New York. In the whole state, there are 315 black dietitians in the whole state. And in New Jersey, there are 75. And I am counted in New York and New Jersey. So obviously, I cannot take on the entire black population. So so then people call and they're like, we want to work with Vanessa or Tamar, our co-founder, my co-founder Tamar. Because we want to work with a black dietitian, and we're like, no, 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 you don't understand. We are at capacity, <laughs> so we we can't take you on. But you have to trust us that we have a very culturally competent staff. We don't just hire anybody who walks in off the street. It's very rigorous training, very different. You're, so you can trust us, and you can work with anyone on our staff. Of course, I would love to see all of you, but I am one person. Is so there I like cannot. a black dietitian website? Um, so diversified dietetics is a really great resource and they do share practitioners on there. Um, also, um, a a friend of mine, a dietitian, her name is Marissa Moore. She's really great. And she doesn't do um, one-on-one counseling anymore, but on her website, which is marissamoore.com, she she has a great website, a lot of tips for cooking and all the like, she says like black dietitians that I, um, that, that I love and I love to work with and that I can recommend you to. And she gives us Kalina's on there, but other dietitians as well that can help you. Do you offer virtual appointments? Yes, it's all, it's all virtual. It's all telehealth. Uh-huh. Wow. Ciao. If go ahead, bookmark this episode. Okay. I was like, go I ahead and plug, plug, plug that company one yeah. more time. Yeah. Um, tell, tell the good peoples, <laughs> tell the good mothers out there, where, where do we find more about Kalina Health websites, yeah. all of that. Yeah, so go, go to www.kulina, C-U-L-I-N-A, health.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Kalina Health. 
and you can just you can book with your practitioner which if you you know you can read everybody's bios etc so you can book directly um, or you can just email info at kalinahealth.com and reference mammalogy and uh, our office manager is audrey and she happens to be my cousin so i'll be like i know that vanessa's your cousin and she will take care of you then she'll know it's deep <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. We have to have you back. Show. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm serious. You guys, I know. You I knew you had a hard stop, but yeah, but you guys yeah. are the best. You guys are the best. I love it. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm happy to um, definitely email me, you guys, and like if you want to work with Kalina, I'm happy and like I don't care. I mean, you can give your insurance, but if not, like there's no charge for you, obviously. Stop um, it. Because we stop sisters it. now. No, no, because we. Support. we support each other yes yeah yes. but but you but your insurance will cover so don't worry but yeah. we will um but yeah let's keep the conversation going i love talking to great we don't have you back we don't have we, you back for sure on this and other other topics y'all didn't even know i and, know and uh you, mothers one, one thing i really do want to say uh two things actually one definitely rewind this episode listen over and over again she dropped so many gems like I couldn't even take no. I, I have to. I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen. I was gonna say I'm gonna listen self. to this again when I'm driving. Yes. yes. And then two, for those of you with, of, clearly a lot of our moms are moms with children and in that learning stage and figuring out careers. You just heard her say what? Two point five. Seven. Two point seven percent of dietitians are us. This is you trying to figure out a career for your kid or, you know, expose them to different career options. Boom. There you go. Real. This is it right here. A good third of them live live in two states. (laughs) I'm like, seriously. That's it. This is us. Yeah, this is us. Atlanta. A lot of them live in Atlanta, too. Atlanta. Okay. So there you go. My goodness. Thank you again for thank you. Yes. It was so nice to spend this time with you. Please email me. Absolutely. Let's continue this conversation through our listener comments and questions on our Facebook and Instagram. Please be sure to check out our show notes. We'll have all of these like lovely, you know, tidbits and links and information and some various articles. Don't forget to subscribe to the Monday Mammologist and check out our website, www.mahoganymammology.com. Of course, listen to some previous episodes and merchandise. Until next time, this is Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.